In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about NVIDIA caring about gamers. Shit. <laughs> Cheap gaming PCs and why ATX must go. Okay. You really, you really <laughs> sold your belief in how much they care. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you so know. You're, doubt, you're both doubters, I guess. <laughs> you can read into it what you want. Uh, all right. Uh, in this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about NVIDIA caring about gamers, cheap gaming PCs, and why ATX must go. Welcome to episode 278 of The Full Nerd. I am the fill-in host for this episode, uh, and I have the original host back with me, Gordon Maung. Hello, Gordon. Nice hey, everybody. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're. Uh, you're up for for joining and, and and chatting. So, thanks for doing that, and and thanks to one Stephen Burke for uh, joining us as well from GamersNexus.net. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, well, we're here to talk about the PC. I don't know if you guys have have used one recently, but no. uh, it's a hot thing. And uh, there, there's some hot topics, and I know Gordon, you've been uh, you've been gnashing your teeth at, at, at getting to some of these topics. So let's just, let's just dive right into it. Uh, first up is uh, we got some GeForce RTX Super or 40 Series Super rumors, obviously swirling around. We don't know anything, uh, you know, concrete, but there's there's a lot of information swirling around there. And I think the bigger question is, or at least that it's it's uh, having us think about is. With the signal of super refreshes, does that mean Nvidia cares about gamers? Like, is right, because is, 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 is that enough? I because I I think it's a great jumping off topic because there've been rumors about super series. Go out there, read the stories, believe them, don't believe them. I don't frankly care because uh, <laughs> it's just there were just rumors at this point. Obviously, we know rumors can be really right or wrong. To me, though, the the existential question for super rumors is a launching point. What does NVIDIA have to do with Super to show that it still cares about PC gamers? And I will say this in, the, in, in NVIDIA's defense, and I'm, I'm saying this because they're not here to defend themselves. Uh, they have maintained publicly they still care about gamers. Gamers are, in fact, they're what brought them to the dance, uh, and they still care. And, and I will say, you know, Jensen himself told me this at time, and I'm just saying this not because I'm name dropping here, but it's it's important to have if you have the CEO of a company and they make a public statement to the press, that is a public statement, right? So I, yeah, I do want to yeah. is it important? Uh, they can end up in in court over stuff like that. That is that is that has literally happened over the past. But you know, at at Computex in in, in a press conference, he said we still care. So he says we care. And later on, he came up and he says, hey, Gordon, I want you to make sure people know that's my message. I want you to tell people I care about them. I said, I will communicate that. I will. Of course, people say, whatever, Gordon, I don't believe you. I don't believe him. So that's, that's fine. That's, that's up to you. But to me, the question is, what does Super have to do to show NVIDIA cares about gamers? Pricing, performance, it's got to be both. Does it also yeah. have to be? I think there's some of that, like, what is what is what is the topic or what does this, the question mean in general? So when we say NVIDIA doesn't care about gamers, which I, I guess is kind of, uh, Adam, when we were pulling the topic headline to begin with, I think that's, that's what the kind internet of an, tells me. That's, that's what, what I was going to say. It, yeah. It's like a kind of a, 
this is the type of thing we've seen in comments and on Reddit and whatever. So to define the question first, I mean, what does it mean for a company like NVIDIA to care, right? Like, like we, we definitely they care about the money and they care about the market. Um, so there's, there's no question about that. It's, so for the average Reddit user or commenter, I, my inclination is that probably it's a lack of cheaper cards or, uh, or maybe a movement of certain lines of cards like the 80 series, you know, going up into a higher class or shuffling of the names or whatever it may be. So I, I don't know if that's... I, I would also add in there like a generational stagnation for lack of a better oh, word that's of like, sure. you know, yeah. some people saying like, okay, well, a 4060, how much better is it than a 3060? You know, like, uh, can they can they can they even give us more performance apart from things like upscaling and and things right. like that? Which I mean, in their own right, can can be beneficial. Yeah, so you see, 40, I, I think it's a, it's a mixture of all that. But I mean, honestly, though, come on, like, I think it's a lot of it's about pricing, right? Yeah, people uh, feel like hurt in the wallet by many things, <laughs> and it doesn't help when it's like, oh well, I used to be able to get you know a, a, a ten eighty Ti for this price, but now it's, it's this price. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so and the right. thirty eighty, the thirty eighty was actually, I remember, uh, I think we were fairly positive on it when it came out, if I remember correctly. Um, Except for the, the 10 gig, I think that was probably your biggest complaint was the 10 uh, gig. 10 VRAM. gig, I don't think we cared too much about the memory yet, but um, that, that would develop later. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, I think the card, it was like seven or $800 MSRP, and that was such a steep fall off for like the 2080 Ti and the 2080. 2080 Ti, I think, was $1,200 when it launched that it was pretty exciting to see, oh, okay, they, they heard people, they get it. And that's something that Jensen also said was um, he heard the complaints about the 20 series pricing and they wanted to bring it down. And the 30 series did for two weeks until no one could buy it again for a year. You know, like that was, that was kind of the problem, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> 30 series, just a, a flash in the pan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm, but I guess that you're right. Cause it, it I think generational stagnation is going to be a complaint if there has to be a decent performance uplift because we sort of saw that with which, what we just went through with the last kind of lackadaisical launches. Uh, but I, I do wonder, like, because they have to give you performance and they have to give how how good does the price have to be for these things? Like I, we were joking earlier, I was going to bring up my 1990s reference. Is it does does it does Jensen have to be out there giving out you know? 4080 supers, like free turkeys, like Nino Brown. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, you can you can stop and go to your browser. Just pause, press the pause button, like Steve had to do, and actually look up Nino Brown. But what I'm saying is that they have to give these things away for free, and I don't know. That's obviously not realistic. That I don't. I mean, and then and then here's the other thing. Isn't this just set up for failure? Because one, they got to give you spectacular performance uplift. You know, generally, it's going to have to be better than what AMD does because AMD outdoes them because, you know, they're the, they're the number two brand. In, so they've got to give you way more performance. And then they have to give you it at, like, unheard of pricing. I mean, like, what are the odds of that happening, you know, in a day where we're still paying excessive prices for a lot of things in this yeah, world? Yeah, somehow, I think, Gordon, it might have been uh, just before the show you mentioned – was it the 3060 you looked up was still available and like 300 bucks or something? 
Yeah, yeah, because I was, I was, I was, because we'll talk about this later at the end, because um, it's actually pretty lousy in some ways to build like a, a sub, sub $700 gaming PC, it feels like to me. I mean, not, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but I was kind of shocked that, well, wow, you know, you can get a 3060 for 300 bucks, but that is a well, two-year-old graphics card yeah. now still selling for basically... I mean, arguably, that was COVID times. You couldn't buy the 3060 when it came out, but still, it well, is the, like, God, you know. The, the cheapest one I'm seeing on Newegg right now, and that's is U.S. pricing, uh, is a MSI Ventus, uh, so just a, a dual fan, 8-gigabyte version for 260 Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, it feels kind of... Well, I'll, I'll save that for the later topic, I guess, but <laughs> I would say it feels kind of bad as a consumer when you're... you. At the more affordable end, you're buying stuff that's uh, old, you know, which it is. Like it's, right. it's a prior generation. Does that matter? Uh, there's definitely times buying a prior generation is is totally fine. Like a 6950 XT as opposed to 7900 XT right now. The 6950s are still a good price, but but anyway, yeah. So for Nvidia, well, well, real quick, are any of the super rumors including the low end, like 4060? I don't or, think so. Yeah, I, I thought I thought I thought it's like starting at like forty seventy. Yeah. I think it was seventy, and then I don't know if this has changed, but a week ago there was a forty seventy Ti Super rumor, mm. um, which I I don't know if maybe Gordon you might have a better memory on that for those cards, but I don't I don't remember I don't I don't think Nvidia tends to combine those two. Maybe they no, have. I thought it was like so. What I saw was I think a seventy and eighty. Supers rumors just kind of like stuff started like leaking out and then uh, which theoretically could push the non super versions down. So theoretically, yeah. maybe the in that theory. means the forty seventy non super would get pushed down, and which would in turn maybe push down the forty sixty and forty sixty Ti. Maybe well, there there was rumors of the thirty series super refreshes that I don't think ever materialized either. Like. I want to say it was a th- uh, supposed to be like a 3080 Super or something. Yeah, that sounds um, right. And that did never pop up. I, I mean, still yeah. Trying, I guess, but and I think a lot it's of it also didn't hard. Make sense. I think it's also hard because if if you look at the stack right now as it is without Super, there are large price gaps, you mm-hmm. know, and that, that's hard for a consumer to be like, okay, well, you know, if I if I'm gonna step up to the next thing and I only want to get Nvidia and you know, you're not trying to factor in AMD or maybe older generation, if you want the newest thing and you're looking at specific things, to step up sometimes is over a hundred dollars and just like, okay, well I want to step up, but that's <laughs> a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. So at least at least in introducing super variants, if it does actually push the the range around a little bit, then you get a little bit more variation in there. So, so what are the right now the prices? I don't the original MSRP of the forty ninety was it, it was sixteen hundred dollars I think. Yeah, and well, then, for, for the found, for the founders it was okay. sixteen. Yeah, and then forty eighty was twelve hundred. Yep. Forty seventy Ti was that eight hundred. That was eight hundred, right? Forty seventy six hundred. Yes. From memory, so yeah. Uh, and then 4060 is 300. So what are our gaps there? So we've got a, a huge gap between a 4070 Ti and a 4080. Right, that's like $400 yeah, by MSRP. I'm, I'm looking right now. Yeah, there's a $800 4070 Ti. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything under $800. Yeah. And then what's the cheapest 4080? So it makes sense to me if they want to slot something in 
going for that $1,000 or $900 market may make sense, especially if the 4070 Ti has a, a slight bump down. I mean, that's what you would hope, right? Like, if they're going to introduce new cards, I guess the hope would be that if they don't outright replace what's on the market now, hopefully it, it pushes those current ones down, which would make people happy, maybe. Um, right. Well, the, the, the cheapest 4080 I'm seeing, and this is with a promo code right now on Newegg, once again, U.S. pricing and a $20 rebate, it's $1,137. So That's a 4080. 4080, right? yeah. Okay. So but, so that yeah. means the, the cheapest 4070 Ti at 800 to the cheapest 4080 that I'm seeing on Newegg in the U.S. is like that's... 300 a little over 300 dollars yeah i i wonder gordon do you think they're feeling any pressure from so the 7900 xt uh it, it depends on like if it's on sale or not but there's times where it's actually been a really good price lately uh so not too long ago it was we got one for 720 dollars which is down 180 bucks from the original 900 dollar launch uh and, and that would at that price it would undercut a 4070 ti by 80 dollars so do you think, from NVIDIA's perspective, does that create pressure? I mean, you've, you've been covering NVIDIA a lot longer than I have. Do, do they tend to react to AMD's price movements? Yeah, you know, I, so I, I, the way I sort of interpret it, because I'm not looking at, like, individual price movements, but the way I, I look at it, it's like over the, again, I've watched NVIDIA for, you know, a couple of decades now, is they are very aggressive, hyper-aggressive, and even aggressive when they don't need to be aggressive. Like, they could be winning already in performance. AMD will come out with something new, and NVIDIA will come out just to spoil it, because that's just kind of their, it's built into their DNA. They're, um, they just want to compete, and they don't want to let anybody win anything. And that's the reason why I, I, I think they probably would react with pricing, because not necessarily because they think they have to for branding, but I also think they just, it's built into them. They don't, you know, if you let your competitors win, then that, you know, that could be that one moment that it was like, damn, if we could go back in time and right. if we just cut the price, they never would have got their nose into the tent. And I, I kind of think it feels like in, in all the damn time of watching video, they are just at hype. They are, they, they come across the street to punch you in the nose if you're the competitor because that's just the way they're wired, right? And, you can not like that or to like that. I will tell you there are some shareholders of Intel that probably would have liked it if Intel would have come across the street to punch people in the face <laughs> 10 years ago. Right. You know, of course, obviously yeah. there are some issues there because... Well, Intel, Intel, yeah, there were times that Intel punched people in the face. There were times that they actually, yeah, okay, no, no, you're not actually supposed to punch them, but yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, they obviously had some, some government interaction and those kind of things, but I, I do think that you know, in, in, Intel, arguably, they didn't. They weren't as always aggressive with AMD, right? They mm -hmm. basically put AMD back on their heels and CPUs. Then they go to do something else, right? And you right. could say, like, if they had been, if we had just like, we had just simply kept the pressure on AMD, maybe we wouldn't have had the last, you know, the last six, seven, eight years. It'd be the history that we've we've seen, right? So Microsoft and Apple is kind of an interesting one there too. This, um, I'm not sure how precise this story is as i remember it but my understanding is it might have been back in the 90s but uh when apple was really s struggling at one point um my understanding is that microsoft uh granted them 
some form of licensing for uh, Microsoft Word and the other Office Suite applications when Apple didn't have a, a like for like alternative. And you is, look at isn't that when he showed up on like a, a Steve Jobs uh, like a keynote? Did it didn't like Bill Gates get on like the I, like a, a phone call on a, a Steve Jobs I keynote think or something? So. I don't know if Gordon remembers that, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah. What I'm thinking of is is uh, is the Office on Mac. Yeah. So I mean, we're now we're like really getting into like a long time ago. Like some yeah, people but, here. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of how old I was. So and the reason I bring it up is I, I wonder. That's one of those moments in time, like going back to what Gordon was saying, where you you kind of wonder if Microsoft today, you know, is looking at that like, ooh, maybe. Maybe we should have been more careful then, or something. Yeah, no, really. I mean, there really is that that like hindsight, right? Like, um, if, if we're looking even into even more ancient history um, for actual Apple admirers, and there are some things I you know, look. I I know people think I hate Apple. I have a lot of problems with what Apple. Does I mostly have a people problem? People think with you hate Apple. The, no, I don't hate. In fact, I don't hate Apple at all. I have a problem with a lot of the the fan base getting a little too. A little too overboard. That's I would say that's my main problem. But what I want to say is uh, I'm going to bring up the Apple Newton. For you may not have heard of it. Basically, it was a it was an earlier, you know, uh, PDA like a Palm Pilot personal right? digital. Yeah. yeah, it's like a Palm like a big. If you think about it, it's like a pre Palm Pilot. It was like a really big Palm Pilot, had handwriting recognition, and it was incredibly advanced handwriting recognition. All this stuff. You know, touch computing, pat, you know, all kinds of, like, amazing stuff. And I remember uh, that was the previous CEO. It was before Steve Jobs had come back. Steve Jobs had come back and says, look, uh, I got this Newton thing. What are we going to do with Newton? You know, a lot of people, a lot of corporations would have said, look, we've invested, you know, say $400 million in this thing. Let's sell it at a cut rate to somebody. And I guess what Steve Jobs is like, no, let's just kill it. Oh, wow. And the, yeah. the argument was if... Um, I don't want to sell this thing to somebody <laughs> and they have to come and fight them in 15 years because I've given this entire market away. And you think about it, just think of like Steve Jobs has said like, hey, yeah, let's just sell the Newton off to Microsoft. <laughs> right. Like what, the world would like some kind of weird dystopian, you know, Amazon Prime TV show would that be where Microsoft <laughs> basically runs everything because they own the Newton and the Newton-based spinoffs? <laughs> And Apple's just pushed off into like nowhere yeah, land because yeah. they don't have My, Microsoft phones become or uh, Windows phones become the actual uh, iPhone. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, so there is something to said to be about killing these things, even though it always seems crazy. It's like, man, that was a lot of money. Why would you kill it? But so then, yeah, from Nvidia's perspective, maybe like Gordon, Gordon was saying, if they're hyper aggressive, when uh, to the rest of us it seems like eh, maybe they don't really need to hit amd right now yeah maybe well, some of it is i just uh, yeah maybe I'm, they don't well but, but if, i think if, they do if you believe the the chatter on the internet nobody's buying these things you know like they they need to do something they're they're hurting amd is catching up uh you know so is you know when you when you say that while petting your cat <laughs> i know like that, yeah sorry <laughs> it starts to sound more like an <laughs> evil villain type of statement. Yeah. Like low <laughs> film? Yeah. That'll never match our prices. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, but I mean, that's that's the other reality of this, right? Is that they command the market share for GP, discrete GPUs, right? Well, and I'm crap, even laptop GPUs, you know, let's be honest yeah. here. So, like... And the uh, data center stuff, or... Yeah, guess, yeah. The H100, yeah. So, I mean... And as, AI and everything. As much as people, you know, would like to, uh, you know, uh, applaud what AMD is doing, I mean, definitely, I feel like of this generation right now, the 7800 XT is, like, the one that people are like, oh, wow that that's the one to get, you know, mm. if you're trying to find the, the perfect sweet spot. But I mean, at, at the end of the day, like, like Gordon said in your CompTX, CompuTex video, people keep buying NVIDIA. That's, yeah. You know, so no, that like, was a great opener too. Yeah, yeah. Do, do they need to, do they really need to, you know, adjust? Cause I mean, people keep buying it. Like I, or, or are you saying you think like, whatever, it doesn't matter. They just want to keep the pressure up and they keep punching. Yeah, so that's my argument, and that's my argument, and I know people like think I'm just basically, like I'm, I, I don't like I, I have shill. like this. Well, I'm shill. Some people say shill, but the thing is, like I just sort of have this Pollyannish <laughs> view of it, and I just, I just again, this is like I've watched Nvidia, and I've watched them be extremely aggressive and never let anybody lose. Right? They they give nobody quarter, and that's the one thing I will say about Nvidia that over every launch cycle yeah they've i'm just thinking of the last one that really lost like really truly lost that was like a decade ago 12 years ago 13 years ago you're thinking like uh 480 maybe fermi or something yeah i mean it was a long time ago right so that was a long time like truly yeah truly lost i mean I want to say, I, I might have the name wrong, I think it was like the 4870 AMD was pretty strong. I don't know how they were for market share, but that would have been like 2008 to 10 area. Yeah, and the 9700, 9800, you know, ATI really yeah. had a really great hit. We're well, going not hit, kind they, of far. But yeah. yeah, I mean, but I mean, like the 9800, like it wasn't even the same company, it was ATI, right? This yeah. Before they even got bought. Right. And it's, and I think you have to like, when you factor in that, NVIDIA just doesn't like to lose. And they've right. now, they obviously I have a lot of funding from AI. I just kind of feel like, yeah. why not, you know, if, if I were them, and oh, I, if I were, if if this is a company that, that was always aggressive, why not be aggressive now? It's a perfect opportunity to, you know, because arguably 7800 is a really, really good sweet spot for a lot of performance, so a do lot you of think, value too. Right. You know? So but, do, do you think that if there's three supers or whatever refreshes call them in case they're not just super but if there's three of them uh and they're coming in at like a a little above a 4080 because the the rumor is that this the 4080 refresh is a full die 4080 or something like that um so if there's one a little above the current 4080 and there's one above the 4070 ti uh or maybe two above it i guess i it seems like the play, as someone who's not an analyst, the play that NVIDIA might be going for would be a 4070 at $500 or something to to compete with a 78XT? Or do you think they're looking more like 7900XT area? Well, the, the 4070 did dip after the 7800XT. I don't know exactly how low it dipped, but yeah. uh, like the 4070 yeah. did adjust a little bit. Yeah, or, like, or maybe it was like a short-term kind okay. of price drop. Or oh yeah, there's one for 540 right now, so it, it has come down from. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, they're but, clearly well, reacting to prices. It feels like. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and, I, and, and the other thing, too, not to forget about is that a lot of people will poo-poo their efforts in things like DLSS, mm. ray tracing, things like that. I do feel like some of the narrative has started to change, especially around like, what? Starfield doesn't have DLSS? I want my DLSS. Wait, I thought you didn't that like was, DLSS. That was you interesting, know, yeah. You know, uh, whatever. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. But <laughs> the, like, so so I, I think if NVIDIA were here, they would also like to be, they would also like to say, hey, you know what? We're still uh, pushing the bleeding edge on on ray tracing and, and, you know, frame generation and all this stuff that that, you know, even though even though some other people would be like, ah, you know what, but in raster, you're not giving me, you know, right. the generational uplift. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's been this is a whole separate topic, I guess. But one of the things we've been kind of trying to figure out lately is is uh, when I'm talking about GPUs, like we did the 7900 XT refresh or revisit. Um, how much do we weigh technologies that? are not purely performance or especially purely raster performance as you get into image quality and ray reconstruction is the one that kind of triggered this uh, search we were doing where it's in this specific instance, it's a feature that is not available in many games. I think it might still only be cyberpunk right now. Um, it changes it's how an Alan Wick too as well. Oh, is so, it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a feature that's in a couple games, it changes how the game looks by design so that kind of complicates things. And the the best solution I have right now is just mentioning them when we're doing the recap. So, like, the 79 XT versus 4070 Ti discussion, we basically said, you know, 7900 XT is better value for raster. NVIDIA tends to be, whatever, 10% better or something in ray tracing. And it's got ray reconstruction, which does this, and, you know, has whatever. Just kind of mention them and hope people will do some of the research and decide if they care or not but it's hard as a reviewer to figure out how to really weigh those features well i mean because because you you're at that point you're talking about subjective like taste things like i mean i've seen it plenty people are like oh you know what i don't really use ray tracing because i don't even know the difference and to me, I'm like, right. wait, you don't even know the, notice the difference? Like, you know, right, so, right. you know, like, like you're, you're getting it into like subjective territory where it's, it's not just frame rates or 1% mm-hmm. lows. You're talking about the, the visual look, you know, and, and kind of things like that. And like, that's, you know, that's, that's a taste thing. I, I think NVIDIA would argue they care about gamers because <laughs> they're releasing these technologies, though, to loop it back to the topic. See, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a hard thing for a reviewer. I kind of think your job is to, and you're, it seems to me like you're doing it. You're talking to the consumer. You're telling them what the value is. Hmm. But you know, the hard thing in all this, especially with technologies that depend on direct developer intervention, is uh, it has zero value to me if my games don't use it. So, you know, you hope that the consumer looks at how often these things are used in their games and whatever different, different uh, different things that they enjoy and then they can figure that out for themselves so i it's a tough one for a reviewer i agree with you it's it's not easy but as long as you let them know like it has value and the caveat is nvidia wants to talk about ray tracing and they want to talk about ray you know reconstruction all this stuff because they have to talk about it in the beginning because it's not in any games right, right <laughs> you have to keep yeah. talking about it but now of course Ray tracing is important three years, four years later. 
the now five, everybody's talking actually. about it. Yeah, five. Five years later. So, yeah. but then, would it have? You, know, I like for me, I always kind of evaluate: was I right when I told somebody I would rather buy this CPU or I would rather buy this because of this feature? Because I'm, I'm trying to weigh the forward-looking value of it. Like, right. I think if you if you get retros or like introspective about recommendations from the twenty series, um, probably the uh, I think most of those hold. Where I remember talking with someone from Nvidia after our reviews went up because it was fifty five days of no I think it was about fifty five of no RTX games from launch of the twenty series, and um, so we were like, why would you buy this? Just buy buy a 10 series they're cheap they're like the same performance there's literally no rtx anything uh and we can't review we can't review a promise and or a tech demo i, th- I think they were showing a, a tech demo star wars yeah. yeah and uh so i think those if you're looking at like okay well today in 2023 rt has finally like there's a good amount of games with it and there's reasons to to want to enable it and use the features but the 20 series cards now today would be struggling anyway. So, um, but I, I would agree with what Adam said at the beginning of the discussion, which is it does seem like the narrative starting to, or the tide's turning a little bit where now a, a more significant proportion of the audience cares about things like DLSS or FSR. Whereas previously it was like uh, fake frames or fake, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. who cares now there's like, whether or not some of you watching this agree with that, some of your peers <laughs> on other sides of the internet do think those things are important. So it's much more split than it used to be. Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I, I've also seen like console gamers who are not in the PC at all be like, oh, I, oh, sweet, my console can do ray tracing. And I mean, they don't fully understand <laughs> what that means right. and like what's involved. But, you know, like, yeah, it's like, oh, sweet, I've heard this ray tracing thing. My console can do ray tracing. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you know, so <laughs> that's, I think that's also helping turn the tide of like, oh, ray tracing is a cool thing. <laughs> so, so if we try to answer the question, All right, yeah. uh, <laughs> does NVIDIA care about gamers? <laughs> Do we have an answer? <laughs> like, I, my, so my answer is yes. And again, um, I do think they care about gamers and I'm basing that on watching NVIDIA and, the fact that they they know this, and again, I'm not saying this is because there's some altruistic company, but they know like there's this well of money that they can keep coming back to for right. billions and billions of dollars every year, every few years. They know that well is there, and they're not going to want to give that up to somebody else to 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 have that well. Um, and then also, at the same time, do I think like, hey, you know, the board is sitting there, or they're or maybe they're doing some budgeting, and they're all sitting there, and they're like, hey. Uh, you know, we want to develop the most amazing, you know, graphics card that's going to put Intel and, and AMD back on their back on their heels. They are going to be looking at us from a mile away. We're going to be so far ahead of them. But I need more resources than your, as much resources as you're giving to the AI people. And I'm going to guess everybody in that meeting would be no. Like, <laughs> right. You know what? Right. You can kick right. their ass with the amount of money we're giving you now because it's an awful lot of money. <laughs> and we, you know, the AI money is coming in. This is an even bigger well. We are not going to give you more money because you're doing a really good job kicking their ass right now. So continue to kick their ass with the same amount or maybe a little more. But we're not going to like, why would you want to? I, I have a hard time believing that 
they would give more money to game development to make it number one. It's not that silly, I think. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that I think that's a good answer. Uh, even bec- uh, especially because, strictly speaking, in the most like uh, brutal capitalist way, uh, they definitely care about gamers. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah. what is that? Thirty percent of their revenue comes from gaming. I, I don't know. I, I can't remember what that that breakdown was. It's, I mean, it's not the majority. It's a very but, big I mean, number. It, it is. Yeah, it is still like a good base level. Hey, you know what? We got this. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know, so you're the, not gonna... the ebb and flow of the AI thing or whatever. You know, crypto. You know, like right. comes and goes. At least we got that that bed of gamers. That's that's how I see it. As like, right. yeah, they do care because it is it is their their bread and butter. And maybe Gordon that's put that's it. why they eventually <clears throat> drop prices on something in a way that maybe people will be happy with. Uh, it may not necessarily be because of. Yes, we Nvidia feel empathy towards you, the customer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, <laughs> how do we sell more things yes. quick? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Also, at the at the end of the day, they know exactly how many they're selling and how many they're making. And you know what? If people weren't buying them, then prices would go down. So. Right. <laughs> and they're starting to in some sectors, but um, like the forty seventy we just looked at. So it's a slow slow impact, <clears throat> but. Well, guess what? Prices aren't going down enough, I guess, because we're we're here talking about cheap PCs. Oh, <laughs> we talked smooth. about it a little bit, but you know, we we had this question just before we were doing the the episode. We we're like, man, can can you even build a good cheap PC? What what does cheap PC gaming mean right now? And uh, is it ever gonna like are prices ever gonna fall again? Where we can be? I, I remember. Years ago, Gordon, we built like a five hundred dollar system, and we were like, "Dang, this is a damn good." It was it was the same performance as a console for five hundred dollars, you know. And you were like, "Oh, but you can also do your taxes and things like that." So, like, are we ever going to get back there? Like, are are or or is it just done? <laughs> I you know because you know Steve brought this topic up yesterday, and then I actually sat down. And I was like, "Huh, it can't be that bad." I was like, "Oh," because <laughs> I was like, "I'm going to try to build a machine that I'd want to build." For as cheap as I could, I could not get it under seven hundred dollars, seven to eight hundred dollars. Brand new parts. I was kind of surprised. Brand new parts. Brand new parts. Brand new parts. Okay. I was looking at. I was like, do I do fifty eight hundred? I was like looking at a fifty eight hundred decks because I was like, that seems like a good kind of like cheat. And then it's like, well, but then I was like, well, maybe I'll do seven thousand because then I have Ford. You know, uh, upgradeability. But then honestly, then I started looking at Intel because Intel's giving you. You know, a ton of value too at the lower end, but I realized there's certain things that are pretty decent. CPUs, motherboards seem like we're doing pretty good for, yeah. honestly, for budget computers. But it's the graphics Options. cards that are that are hard. And you know what? The, so let me let me explain you the rationale. So I started looking at a build, and I was like, well, so again, I was looking at five thousand, seven thousand. I was looking at Intel, you know, like a you know an i5, like an F part. Or mm-hmm. you know, just something just just to basically run the game, you know, one terabyte SSD, thirty-two gigs of RAM is base. But then I started looking at graphics cards, and I was like, well, you know what? I think Intel's the way to go because you're getting really a lot of value. And then I was like, I still like, even though we know that Intel Arc is doing really well these days, I just know that this, and this is the sad thing, is because I know like for if I were to take this build and I were recommending it to like the ten-year-old, right? 
it's that that whole arc thing. It's like, yeah, you know, the drivers are actually really good these days. Except the oh, game probably your kid right. probably wants to play, and then they are going field. to get on you, and then you're going to get on me, and it's going to be my fault. <laughs> and I immediately started looking at 3060, right? Because it was like, ARC is like really a lot of performance, and then AMD is a lot of performance. AMD actually yeah. may be the way to go if I look a little harder. But then I was like really looking at like, then I realized like that, and this is the problematic I keep talking about this, the value of NVIDIA's brand is just too strong. And then I just know, like, most people, the games are probably going to run probably out of the box a little better, you know, and that enough for a regular person. And I kind of realized, like, damn, I think the most boring thing ever, a 3060 with some low rent, whatever. And, it, and they realized it was just, and, and then only for, I'm buying a two-year-old so graphics jaded. card for <laughs> 750 to $800 for this build. And it was like. build, yeah. Yeah, and then the power supply is like uh power supply was like eighty ish, case is like sixty. I just yeah. I'll I, say if if you're I do want to couch this, if you're if we're looking to buy new. Because I, uh, I know That's I know that the, uh, there's yeah. gonna be a lot of people who are gonna hop in the comments and be like, Man, you can get some great deals if you buy used or if you yeah. buy like older generations. And and there's a lot of value to that and I think that's Definitely. completely valid, but totally. for purposes of like discussion it's it's Especially off off the top discussion like this, it's too hard to try and gauge used prices. So, yeah. so yeah. we'll just look at new. You're also, not uniform. yeah, right. Uh, I just pulled well, up. We used to run a a PC build series um, where this is back in the day. This is before like we we were really established or anyone knew who we were for the most part. So in um, twenty sixteen, that's right. Twenty sixteen, we had. A build, uh, $436 Cheap Bastards Gaming PC. <laughs> it was an i3-6100, which was $115 at the time, and an R9-380 GPU, which was, after rebate, $135. <laughs> uh, and it's like, man, I mean, looking back, at it, I, I don't remember what I thought of the 380 at that point in time. But now you look at it, and just relative to today's prices, obviously, <clears throat> like you know, you you could see where where it would kind of hurt uh, if you're if you're looking at what you paid five years ago and what you're paying today, then it, you'd feel a little bit defeated, I think. So that's probably where a lot of that comes from. Yeah, but here's the other question: Is some of this being spoiled too? Because I think people got used to I get the newest thing for a good price, right? And it feels like that's a thing that's done now. Sort of like that <laughs> forty sixty below forty sixty is just kinda like fried. Mm-hmm. And it just it just doesn't feel like it's ever gonna come back at this point where you're I mean, gonna get some some things are still like that though. I mean there was a deal on an SSD, I can't remember the exact SSD, but it was just like, oh, two terabytes for eighty bucks. And I was just like, Oh god, right. wow. Storage is great. Yeah. CPUs are great. So so it feels like that weird dichotomy where some things are like, Oh wow, we have an abundance of choices and then yeah. GPUs kind of are leading the charge of like, hey, you know what, 250 is kind of the the bottom end. <laughs> Which is weird, right? Because there is still, I mean, it's, it's, it's dwindling, but there's still relatively a lot of last-gen stuff that's new in box. Right. Yeah. And there's new stuff that's new in box. So so you would, you would think there'd be a little bit more of that supply-demand impact, but it's just maybe they were just so inflated for so long during the GPU shortage and mining and, and all the COVID purchases and everything, like you know, there's just more of a latency, but, um, 
But looking at CPUs, Gordon's 100% right because you look around like there's R55600 for 130 bucks or so. There's an i3-12100F, which is a great gaming baseline for $90. You can get boards that are not good boards but are fine for those CPUs for like 70 or 80 So, uh, it, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, really, the, it's the, the GPUs that's hanging up. I, I I looked at my favorite uh, cheap uh, PC builder, uh, Ozzy, over at Oz Talks Hardware. Mm. Love his channel. Uh, he he did a recent video about a brand new $700 build. A lot of this was because uh, he went to a, a brand new micro center that just opened and he got like amazing, you know, okay, some like cool. doorbuster deals. But yeah, so his build for $700 and he, his goal that there are. The, the goal of the video was to try to hit 500 FPS with a $700 uh, okay. PC, which he actually does. <laughs> I like that uh, goal, yeah. Yeah, no, it, I, I love, uh, Ozzy, Oz Talks Hardware is the channel. I, I love his stuff. Um, yeah, so the CPU you ended up getting was a, a 7600 non-X, um, A620M motherboard, uh, the, uh, what was it, 16 gigs of RAM, a terabyte SSD, uh, and the GPU, he got a 7600? No, 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 6650 XT. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then like yeah. a, a $60 case, $45 power supply. And then, yeah, he, he he put it through the paces, and the, like, in Valorant, he was getting, like, over 500. Uh, Apex obviously has a 300 cap, so he was hitting mm. the 300 cap. CSGO, he was getting, like, super high, you know. What was his over, total over price? Over $300, $700. Okay, yeah. Once again, this was with a lot of like micro yeah, center sure, deals. Not sure. everyone has access to that, but uh no. yeah, and then, you know, in in other games, I can't remember uh Cyberpunk, uh he had a couple other games in there. You should go watch the video. I'll, I'll link to it in the description. Um but yeah, the, it was all all hitting over 60 at 1080p and usually with some sort of like scaling mm. for like, you know, those kind of games. So, you know, if 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 we're if we're looking at a gamer that's just like still at 1080p 60, you could, you can still get away with a lot of this awesome stuff and like you know do great. Yeah, so. especially it sounds like he saved money based on just what you were reading. Maybe the well, definitely the motherboard was a place to save money, and then the power supply, uh, which those I would agree. Like if you're buying a lower end CPU, especially, it's really easy for uh, you watch reviewers and. And a lot of us are, are going to have opinions about boards, but eh, most of that stuff doesn't really matter unless you're kind of at the high end a lot of the time. So mm -hmm. you can definitely go cheaper on a board and be fine if you're on like an i3 or low-end AMD or something. Also, I, I, I do feel like even though the the pricing on the uh, the GPU itself, like uh, I, I actually have a, a video where I was testing uh, that hopefully will go up next week. Uh, where I was testing a, a 7600 RX 7600, and you know, with all, with all the people kind of like pooping on it or whatever, I was like, eh, you know, I don't really expect much. But in the games that I was playing, I tested both at 1080p and 1440p. It was like six different games, maybe five different games. Um, the all of the games played on that 7600 at 1440p above 60, other mm -hmm. than one, and it, it was Final Fantasy 14. It was 50. Uh, so, you know, I'm just like, oh, okay, well, actually, I mean, if, if you just look at what you're getting, sure, it's relatively not a, you know, as much as we used to get, I totally get it. And it's still a lot of money. What is that? Like 260 for a 7,600. Um, yeah. but I mean, you're still talking about like easily 
1080p 60 or 1080p maybe even 120 or maybe 1440p 60 like unless it's doable um, unless, uh, unless you, you, you want to play a new game like yeah, City well, Skylines 2, yeah, <laughs> in which yeah. case, or enjoy your 23 yeah. FPS. <laughs> but I mean, like, I, but there's plenty of people out there who just play like yeah, League of Legends yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah. CSGO or Valorant or any of that kind of stuff. And it's like, uh, I'm not that kind of gamer. I'm definitely like a dabbler. But uh-huh. there are definitely some people who are like my buddy Dan. He's just like he's been playing uh, Payday 2 for like, you know as long as it's been out and just like really come on try some other games but he's like well you know my rig plays well with that and yeah. you know <laughs> so well so does it make sense then maybe to i maybe if i had to build something for 500 to 700 dollars right now i feel like based on the discussion i'd maybe if i wanted as many new things as i could get like to avoid used probably the gpu would be the thing i'd maybe buy used hmm because you could get a lot of good hardware for relic, like like you're saying the SSD deals. I definitely wouldn't buy a used storage device, <laughs> uh, and so you, and they're cheaper, so you might as well get one of those. And then boards, it looks I'm just looking right now. It looks like they're still relatively cheap at the low end. CPUs are good, so maybe just go GPU used. Yeah, that's a good to, idea. Yeah, try to knock off a hundred bucks or something. Or, or find a, a you know a, a family member that's willing to hand down. Hey, you need to upgrade, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> why don't right. You, why don't you give me the your, your old one? Yeah. <laughs> do you, some of that. Do you think it's just being like a little too snobby? Because I just realized, like listening to Oz's build, it's like you know I normally I for like if we were doing a competition where it's like me versus Elena Brad and we're trying to build ultra cheap, I'm always going <laughs> to go for 16 gigs of RAM because you got to throw things overboard that don't really make a difference. That's, mm. you know, but then I'm like, for this build, I was like 32 gigs. Like it just felt like 16 gigs was a little too little for a gaming box at this point. But I feel like no. 16 still. Okay. I mean, especially still, for this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I that, think, and that saves you 30 bucks. You know, I mean, it's so. definitely the, I, I wouldn't go under 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it used to, I, yeah, we used to do like eight for all of our cheapest builds. And I'm again, talking several years ago and, 16, I, I feel like it becomes like you're exchanging the ability to be lazy with your tab management f- for cheaper <laughs> RAM, right? Like, if you can get over it and just close close your browser when you play your game, just get over it. Probably Steve it's okay. Gamers Next says, get over just, it, just close get your over, browser tabs. Get over the browser tab problem. It's a problem. <laughs> The first step is admitting it's a problem. <laughs> and the second step is clicking the X. Not right now. Don't do it right now. Yeah, leave this no, one no. open. It's very yeah, important yeah. that you leave this open. <laughs> and then play your games without any uh, browser open, except for uh, PC World's uh, The Full Nerd. And that should be fine. <laughs> so yeah. take that take that out of the- context. Uh, just get over it. Quote Steve yeah. Burke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the the other way to look at it um is okay, well, for is, is the is the PC still the dominant platform? If if we're struggling to build, you know, like a a, a 1080p or 14 low 1440p gaming box for under $700, you can just go get a console for $500. And that that does 4K, that does ray tracing. Adam So <laughs> think uh i think you should leave (laughs) that's just that was just so so offensive (laughs) you know i don't i don't understand what i what i'll never understand is 
because obviously he's he's saying what all the console gamers always say. Do you think they they know how offensive that is to us? Like in a way, I don't know if they understand it. I know I don't. I didn't know it's because I have a history here with consoles, but it is actually truly offensive in a lot of ways because it's just like I, I don't understand why. What if you I gotta, started? You gotta you gotta come throw. You know they always like you. Console people always have to like try to rub that in. That well, you could just go to console. It's like. uh... You know, unless our, did I say something like you? I did didn't, I offend you? No, I mean, but like they'll bring that up, even if you're not even talking about consoles, right? Right, because that's always the thing they have to bring up, and they try to bring it up at the end, like, well, and then it's just like, uh, okay, you're why do you have to say that? Why you got to do that? Kind of like, like I didn't to, say to, anything about consoles. Why you got to bring that be, up? To be fair, to be fair, like you are getting really good gameplay on these newer consoles especially oh, yeah. compared yeah. to the equivalent price of a pc right now in, no, the, in really the past nice. in the past we've been able to i feel like you know be toe-to-toe but mm-hmm. the, you know they if at this price point they've been able to you know like keep keep the lead yeah i i think some of the technologies we were talking about earlier maybe because uh, if pcs are the prices they are for the higher end ones right now, uh, acknowledging, you know, now that we've looked at it, that you, yeah, you can build a kind of cheap PC, especially if you, like I have used GPUs up on eBay and there's a, there's a 3060, um, that just sold for, uh, $180. So like there is stuff out there, but, um, but the features like higher quality ray tracing and things like that, I guess that's still an area where consoles struggle to to fully and one to one compete. So maybe there's mm. some strategy there. I don't know if Nvidia cares to like. I don't know if they how much they factor in consoles in their strategic decision making. But uh, but maybe there's an argument there where uh, it's it's the yes, but you can do more with a PC than a console. It's kind of the same ar- argument that's always existed, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Well, and the, the, so another wrinkle in this, I was saying, I was like, well, okay, <clears throat> are, are handhelds like filling that space, right? Because I mean, hand, like the Steam Deck, you can get for 400, uh, you know, normal entry level price, right? And yes, it's only 10, eight, or I'm sorry, uh, 1280 by 1800. And yes, you're usually like, you know, maybe like low me- to medium settings. It's yeah. not like the most graphical showpiece. Any more qualifiers you want to add? Before, <laughs> <I know>. before. <laughs> but it's awesome. I love handheld gaming. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I know you guys aren't, aren't in the gym. I actually, that, but I actually <laughs> think they're cool. I, I really like the handheld <clears throat> devices right now. Um, like, uh, and, so, I mean, like that, that, that is like a spot where it's like, okay, well, you can still get a damn good gaming experience, you know. If, if you're into the the handheld yeah. part of it too, for, for and what you get for four hundred dollars, I think like I don't feel like people are like, you know, getting the grabbing their pitchforks and being like, oh man, the Steam Deck is way too expensive. No, uh, the I mean yeah, it's, it's expensive, but for what you get, it's I, really I, not I feel bad like, though. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. especially now that they have the used models and the I think the cheapest one I want to say <laughs> was like three hundred eighty dollars. I might be off hmm. on that, but yeah, I don't but know. they have some refurbs, like certified refurbs that are really cheap and. um We've liked them internally, and you know, you you want to play a game like Vampire Survivors or Kingdoms and Castles or whatever, some kind of lower um, asset quality game. 
except for City Skylines too, <laughs> uh, then it's a then it's great. They're, they're great for that type of gaming. So, I yeah, I think that's. I don't know if does that eat away at any of the market that consoles or PCs target though, or is that just like a separate? Is that is that in a category of being like a toy, right? Like an like an extra thing. On top of your I've main. I've always seen it as an add-on. Like I would I would never give up my main gaming PC. It's more like oh I have that in addition to. Mm. Even though honestly, to tell you the truth, I I just I play more on my handheld than I do on my <laughs> gaming PC. But like I I would never not have a gaming PC or a PC in general. So if you had to pick, you would you would choose it would a be PC. it would be the PC. Yeah, yeah right. for sure. Okay. Yeah. Could, could gaming uh, could handhelds be uh, entry away for? Like say a traditional console player to, you know, hey, I want to check out PC gaming. I want to do a handheld. Is it a good way to get them into PC gaming? Like, like I, I imagine if somebody has a PS5 and they bought a Steam Deck, it's pretty easy to go. Like, my next thing is going to be a gaming PC, right? Yeah, you still get the modifiable aspect of it, right? So, at least in terms of to me, the this is maybe this is maybe my like. Older older school approach to it or differentiation for it, but the biggest divider for me between console and PC type gaming was always the ability to modify games, like download and install mods. Mm-hmm. And depending on the game, you know that's still pretty alive as a scene. So you still get that if you're on a Steam Deck or an Ally. Uh, so so maybe it is a maybe it's a gateway drug and we should ban it so more people don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or heavily tax it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean another another aspect of this, and this is obviously why Valve is interested in doing it, is to get people into Steam. Like like right. Willis, Willis, like he, I, I, I let him borrow a Steam Deck or a, a ROG Ally actually, but but like he has no games in his Steam library. But because of the handhelds, he's starting to grow okay. his Steam his Steam library, which then in turn, I mean, he already has a, a PC, but in turn, I could see where it's like, oh, okay, you know what? Like, I, I get a Steam Deck, then I start to buy some games on Steam, then it's like, oh, sweet, well, I can build a PC, and I already have these games that are on Steam, sweet, and and I mean, Steam, your Steam library carries, you know, way way past what consoles have ever had been able to to do. So, and there's compatibility with. I mean, it's you wouldn't necessarily want to use it this way, but there's compatibility with things like documents and PDFs and, and sort of uh, there's an existing way to, if you had to use it for school purposes in a pinch um, or just to, I don't know, we've used Steam Decks and, and Allies and stuff internally just for a quick, uh, one of our camera guys has used it for shot review and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a lot of creative uses where it's even a little smaller still than a laptop. It's perfectly fine for just reviewing shots. Uh, so the, the versatility, I, I could see it leading people to you know, like a PC purchase or something. Uh, the l- last other wrinkle to put in this is I feel like integrated graphic you know, like obviously since the the 5600G or whatever, or the, you know, Ryzen's 5000G parts, that was like the last time integrated graphics was like, oh man, wow, you can, you can do some serious gaming on an integrated graphics. Like mm. we don't really have, uh, who knows what Arrow Lake maybe, you know, will upgrade in that. Maybe Ryzen 8000, I, I don't know. But I feel that's the other part of the cheap PC gaming is not being able to rely on integrated graphics right now. 
Gordon. <laughs> Sorry, can you hear these alert sirens? No. No, I just <laughs> no. hear a lawnmower. Can you hear that? No. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry, they oh, do we're these, having all uh, sorts of problems. <laughs> the city I live in, they do these emergency alerts every noon on Wednesday. Oh, t- oh yeah. You're they right. they yeah. set off the alarms, the fire. It sounds like an air, air raid alarm from World War II or something. Oh, great. No, like some prop yeah. plane is going to come straight Don't worry. Something, just I guess. A, well, you're, just already the on the, you're already on the Star Trek bridge. Yeah, so yeah. Star Trek bridge, so. Yeah. Just beam out of there. Just beam out of there. <laughs> I, I know you like integrated graphics, Gordon, right? No, I, I, you know, and I think, I don't, I think integrated, one argument for why it's so bad on desktop for low-end gaming is integrated graphics. It almost feels like, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels like they've kind of seeded ground, like, you know what, we'll let integrated take over the sub-100 graphics market, right? And NVIDIA probably does like, it's not even worth us to waste money on that. In the long term, at the at the moment, it feels like they're uh, so we're gonna. The future is probably gonna be you know AMD. Obviously, they've got a huge hit here, you know. And I imagine Intel wants to make some money too. And and I was actually kind of like postulating like maybe all these ARM based CPUs that AMD and Nvidia want to make are to be paired with graphics because right. There's no reason. I don't. I don't think there's a reason to go to war with x86 with ARM again. On desktop, because that's going to go nowhere. Laptops, eh, I don't know. Not worth what it. What was that, like, Adam? <laughs> I, I just don't even know what a, an ARM-based desktop would look like. I know. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I think it goes nowhere. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of like, but if you start to think like, well, you know what? If you're doing, if you're going to, you, you primarily have a bunch of graphics IP you want to sell. You want to sell it, bundle it with the cheapest CPU you can get. And that is going to be an ARM CPU, right? That you mm-hmm. can, I mean, ARM People forget the original history of the ARM CPU was not low power, but it was low cost. So supposedly the history of of ARM was to make it as cheap as possible. And mm. if you could have a Steam Deck running on ARM with you know a with a AMD graphics or NVIDIA graphics, mm. who cares? You don't really care as long as it can play the game, right? As long as it's so, compatible, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what people actually care about. Mm. What uh, can I ask, Gordon? Uh, you know, I was I was looking through boards during that cheap PC discussion, and one thing was jumping out at me. Three letters, A T X. At least a couple of years ago, you made a comment to me. We were talking about what are whenever. So for the, for our audience, the behind the scenes is whenever we. Like PC World and GN, whenever we get together to shoot something, there's not normally too much of a plan. Like we'll maybe shoot a couple ideas across, but normally it's like, okay, so what do you what do you got? <laughs> you know, and, and one of the things, Gordon, you said at a CES event was, um, well, there's always ATX, like in something about how it should go away or or change or something, and we didn't we save that topic for another time, uh, but it has I've. It has been bothering me for a couple of years now. I really want to know why that was a topic for you. Oh, well, you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Steve the truth here. So about two <laughs> years ago, because you know I, I get this I got this I don't like I don't like ATX. I have a problem with ATX. I'm gonna explain why. But the Gamers Nexus Steve Burke connection here uh-huh. is I started like I started like name dropping Steve's name. I was like, hey, yeah, you know, uh, 
I want to do this project on like what we would do to improve ATX. Mm-hmm. It's about improving ATXs in the end, and uh, you know I'm going to try to get Steve involved with this because I know Steve is you know he's a well-respected voice, especially on case reviews. People listen to him. Case vendors will listen to him. I kind of want to see what Steve's opinions are here. I want to get him involved because I think uh, ultimately ATX must die. It's ridiculous okay. how long we've kept it. And I was, you know, being self, I was being, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to drop Steve's name. Like, oh, well, you know, like people are like, oh, whatever Gordon's, you know, what, the, then, then what do I care say, what Gordon thinks? Did they then say, oh, we, now we really don't want anything oh, to do with oh, this. Oh, Steve's into it, then. <laughs> then never mind. Well, you know, people do respect your opinion here. And I, I think that was, I think that was why, because I, you know, I also thought like there was a really good, if we can get some momentum behind changing ATX and getting people open to changing. And the reason why I have problems with ATX, Steve, is it is literally something from the 1990s. It's the only thing left on the PC, practically. Like, if you look at a 1990s vintage PC, there is, like, nothing left. The only thing that you could possibly say is the same thing is maybe the shape of the power supply, because that's the same, right? That's the same, too. But, like, for things you plug in the back, the power plug... Maybe an early USB 1.0 port if that PC had it. But, like, everything else is gone. Mm-hmm. All the other ports, almost everything is gone. You may have, you know, P- you know PCI is gone, ISA is gone, all that stuff. Yeah, stuff yeah. like memory controllers and things like that have been integrated now. So Yeah, and so my problem with ATX, though, is it's ridiculous that uh, we still are using ATX as a way to build a modern desktop computer, which is... In 1990, a total of, you know, your total system power is 60 watts. Under full load, 70 watts, if that, right? If It might have been 50 watts. It was ridiculous. And then today's modern, you know, desktops are sucking down 600, 700 watts. If you're pushing everything, you could, you could really, you know, push that, CP, that power supply to 1,000 watts. And I just think, like, there's so many things we can improve. Like, the memory doesn't have to be where it is because the memory's Everything basically on the PC, and this is my last picture, then I want to hear opinions from Steve and from Adam here, why ATX must die. Everything on the PC is done basically out of laziness. And we have a spec. Somebody thought this up. Okay, they thought this up in 1990. Is there anything you're using in technology from 1990 anymore? So all this stuff was from the a 1990s. Polaroid camera? Well, but ni- yeah. I know, I'm just kidding. But it's, so you have basically 1990s technology... And that is telling you where to put the RAM. It is p- telling you where to put the South Bridge. It is telling you how to design a motherboard from 1995 until 2023. And we're up to like 12 layer motherboards with, you know, four channels and just kind of like all this kind of nuttiness. And we're still using ATX to drive all of that because all of the case vendors, all of the board vendors say, yeah, you know, these other things might be better. But I'm not going to do it because it's going to cost a ton of money to redesign my case. i got to redesign the board. I have all the engineers do it. There's going to be a ton of problems for years and years and years. ATX works well enough. Let's not screw it. Well, like, can't we put the memory on back? How about having a set riser height, like, for the standoffs? So maybe you have more space behind the case. Mm. Maybe we make it so the south bridge is up near the ports on back. Maybe... Maybe some ideas from BTX could be revived. There's, but it really is, my last pitch really is, the 
PC community is unwilling to make any changes because they don't want to change. They just hate changes. And to me, it is a problem because there's nothing you're using from 1990 anymore. And I would argue the reason why it's a strength I recognize, but it's also a reason why it's a weakness is um, we're unwilling to change. Because not only do you now have to fight Apple, you have to fight Qualcomm, you have to fight phones, you have to fight tablets. You have to fight them with your hands tied behind your back because you are, for, for desktop PCs, which we're never going to grow out of, you're still using 1990s design cues, right? So I, to me, that's why ATX, well, people have to be more open to it changing. And that means getting board vendors, case mm -hmm. vendors. And yes, that's why I was using Steve's name, even though he never approved any of that. Like, oh, yeah, I was talking to Steve about it. <laughs> I probably I did, talked about honestly. it. <laughs> I'm definitely on board. Uh, I, I feel like the, yeah, Gordon, you'd normally play devil's advocate with stuff, although I, I don't think you announce it first, which is what I just basically oh. did. Oh, yeah. And since you don't announce <laughs> it, well, I've I've kind of ruined the comment interaction because now they know that I'm playing devil's advocate. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but, but... I can cut that part out. I don't really know if that's true. <laughs> you think it, I, yeah. I, I think that one argument I'm going to say is, and I'm realizing there's just a lot of things, it's like whatever improvement there would be, it has to have so much improvement that it's worth it. If it's like, oh, you're doing that for 10% improvement, mm. <laughs> right? yeah, that's really cool. Go screw yourself. We're going to build <laughs> ATX because I'm like, I'm not going to waste, you know, $200,000 to redesign our thing to get a 10% improvement and then have my competitors kick my ass because they can sell it for 15% less because I'm using some... All the new uh, yeah. stuff, you know. Well, what 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 would be some of the improvements? I mean, are you, yeah, are, you, know, are you talking airflow? I mean, obviously airflow, well, airflow. I know you've talked about with the the RAM. I mean, sticks look at where memory blocking. is. It's a sale, yeah. right? You've got the memory. It's basically this gigantic <laughs> airflow impediment, and they tried to do that in, in BTX. Right? They basically tried to flip mm. it horizontal so you can get better airflow. You know, at the time, you know, with BTX, they had um, parallel ATA cables, which were these. Massive impediments to airflow. Uh, mm -hmm. I would, I would definitely say there's things we can do for desktop to improve airflow. And then, arguably, we would have to talk about like, is full ATX something that needs to go away? As a maybe micro ATX is too limiting, but maybe we go for, but fewer, you know, expansion slots. There, there, I, I there wrote might down be the, way. I wrote down the memory thing because we. Um, I guess I'll reveal this. We we never used it, but we built a uh, um, dummy heater, a case dummy heater tester. So we literally cut a hole in a motherboard where the CPU is. We we cut the socket out, and we made a two-scale um, exact size copper block that uh, the Z height of it is the same as the socket plus the CPU. And shove that through the hole in the board we put some uh, heating elements in it and so we can get a direct cooler contact exactly like same same measurements same z height everything has designed same pressure mm -hmm. and um and effectively have a heated real computer in a case we did the same for the gpu we cut a hole where the gpu is and shoved the copper block in it uh reassembled the video card and so they're both two dummy heating elements, except they have the same fans, layout, positioning hmm. as a computer. So the reason I 
we never revealed any of it. This was we we did all this 2018, um, and uh, the reason I bring it up is because that could serve as a pretty cool utility where we could literally just glue or tape RAM into different positions on it because it's not a it, it doesn't turn on right. It's not, it's not a, real, a functioning PC. It's not a functioning but, PC yeah. exactly. So um, so if we wanted to just move things. Uh, for something like Airflow, that would be pretty easy. We could do all kinds of cool simulations on it. So I wrote that down because that'd be a that aspect would be pretty easy to test. But then other things, uh, Gordon, you were talking about like potentially taller standoffs or whatever, and that made me think about you know there's dual all these dual compartment cases these days, where if we were to just forget all the logistical complexity and pretend we can reinvent it however way we want, uh if dual compartment is really the direction the PC industry goes, especially with like sandwich style PCs for ITX and stuff. Um, if it were designed around it, I mean, why not? You could have more things hanging off the back of the board too. Uh, and maybe better utilize that space back there other than just for cables, which is typically right. all it's used for. Um, especially if we're going more cable less in some areas, like maybe, I don't know if the Asus thing, the powered foot on the video card will take off, but if anything like that does, fewer cables now too. So, yeah. Well, I know one of the things you've brought up plenty of times, Gordon, is the the M.2 slot being directly under one of <laughs> the hottest things in the case. <laughs> like, right? What, you know, like, uh, is well, there even a way to, to move that around? Or yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Why are we using M.2 in desktop? It's kind of you know stupid in a lot of ways, but we're using it. I, well, I, and I would argue stupid because, you know, especially now we're seeing, we're really seeing problems because, like, yeah, you're not, we don't, you're you're not going to push Gen Five SSDs as far as you need to in that that you know thermally limited, power limited design of M.2 that we have in desktop because, and the reason I don't know why we didn't decide on you know U.2 or another kind of oh yeah external drive. Right, because you could you, the capacity, the power, cooling is just way better. But you know, again, it's always because it's just it's the path of least resistance. Like, it is really convenient to slot in an M.2, put it in there, and not worry about adding anything else. So I get why people would do it, but it just feels like M.2. Like we're really hitting that wall right now with Gen 5 SSDs. Where if we had had if we'd gone a different route, then we probably maybe not be hitting the wall as, as hard as we are right now. I feel like M.2 is maybe one of the main reasons you might still look at ATX boards if you're not doing some kind of add-in card. I mean, I I use ATX boards for a lot of stuff because I use larger cases and, and whatever. Sometimes we have expansion cards like, like network cards or something like that. But if you're doing one GPU... Um, and nothing else, and it's it's very simple from an I/O standpoint. Then micro ATX makes a lot of sense, up until you need, for one reason or another, multiple M.2 slots, because uh, right. ATX gives you the physical real estate. Um, unless you're going to do an expansion, hand a, a card out of the slot. Right. So. Um, or could we even like ATX itself? So like part of the ATX. You know, the funny thing is, if you actually look up the ATX spec, it is like. There's like, that's it. It's like yeah. it basically, <laughs> yeah. it's a bunch of keep out zones. Like, why does everybody do everything the same? Because well, 
back then, somebody did all the engineering to make sure you do the traces right. So they did all their homework, and nobody's ever going to go like, well, let's make it better by dedicating more engineering resources to it. It's like, well, no, because that's it's already been done. Why would you why'd you do it again, right? But I just kind of like, it's crazy that everything is just, it's just, yeah, well, it's already been done, so let's just keep it that way. How so. do you feel about the rotated DIM boards? So, so specifically, I'm thinking of like the EVGA dark type boards where it's ATX, but they they move the memory. Like, how, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's I think it's a great idea, you know, and I, you know, but again, like you know, it'd be cool to see you do, you know, you it's a TTV, right? Thermal test vehicle. Yeah, you, you yeah, built that's up. right. So if you fired up your TTV and you said like, wow, if It'd be cool if you could see the performance enhancements, but I think, you know, the problem is everybody sells on performance advantages, and it has to be enough to justify the cost adder. Mm. And then every time we know what happens, it's like, wow, this is really cool. Like, you know, in that meeting, they're going to go at ASUS, MSI, and NASRock, and all these gigabytes. They're like, how much more performance you got of it? Well, we got like, I don't know, 8% more performance. Okay, that gets us nothing. I can't sell that. You know, that, that, <laughs> how do I what sell a price increase of 30%? I mean, yeah. gonna, I got to pay more for this board because it's special. And then it's it, no. And I, I know what happens. Like, no, shelve it. It goes nowhere because it's, mm. you really have to exceed it. I, I think, yeah, flipping because obviously, why not have memory? But, you know, it doesn't also, even discussing on memory placement because it can go on back. And then it was brought up to me. It's like, well, but then. People want to see their memory. They want to see the RGB. If it's on back, how are you going to see it? Well, because now you get add windows on the back. And that's a real well, concern because that's what people buy computers for. Well, what if, what if you lay it flat like a, like a LP memory, you know, LP DDR? Yeah, right? maybe. So, right? like, and then you could have RGB across the whole <laughs> side of it. So you're getting even more surface area for <laughs> RGB. Now, see, Adam's approached it. <laughs> Unironic. I mean this unironically. <laughs> Adams approached it from actually the correct direction, which is instead of how do we look for a couple percent more performance, it's how do we sell more lights? LEDs oh, are cheap. Yeah. How do hey, we sell hey. more? More yeah. RGB is more performance. Like that's true on. too. That. Yeah. It is definitely more <laughs> shareholder performance. Uh, I mean that's that is. Uh, that's kind of valid. <laughs> like, if you re redesign it around aesthetics to some pers some. Uh, well, but uh, also yeah. the airflow too, right? If if, yeah. you, if you're able to lay it down mm. and insert it like a laptop memory, right. then you know, potentially airflow. Like, mm. I mean, who who knows? You, yeah, once again, you'd have to test to see if memory is actually getting airflow blocked. Yeah, uh, I mean, the RAM's always got to be as close as possible to the CPU. So, but maybe you could lay it flat or maybe it's angled maybe they could be at a 45 degree angle or something i'm just or, trying to think of like you know different ways or, or and honestly it could also be designed like maybe they designed they could they could factor in the rgb component into it like we know looks are important so maybe there's additional space dedicated to the lighting yeah, for the you, case you know like i mean if it's if it's on its side like adam's saying you could do an lcd on the and where the heat spreader would be. <laughs> right? Just put yeah. another heat generating component, bam, right there on top of the memory. But it'll look cool. <laughs> so Gordon, do you um is it is it mostly like the is it the layout? Is it the size? You know, like what about ATX? If you had to pick something as this is the the, the first thing I Gordon Ma on have become president of oh. computers. 
and and my first my executive order. Yeah, my first executive right, right, right. order is what do you change? There's been a there's been a coup. I've taken over. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Back. So I would take ATX. I would shrink it. I'm making this up now. Fifteen percent smaller. Okay. Because that's oh, just easy. to make it a little smaller. Yeah. Not to enforce it to micro ATX or mini ITX, but just so like the largest, maybe make it fifteen percent smaller, and then also adopt uh, folding. So maybe some angle, maybe some angled um, uh, PCBs that you can connect for. Mm-hmm. So like it does. You don't have to think in one plane. I know that's going to add extra cost because that's that's not a that's not a cheap engineering uplift. But maybe there's an optional way to add like additional cards by a riser card. So if you did need to add, you know, uh, if you did need to go to multi GPUs or add additional things, maybe you could have a, a folding riser card that lets you add additional expansion slots. Right. right? Um, but it doesn't have to be built in. So na- natively, it can be a little smaller, and then you can add on to make it a larger. And I'm just making all this up off the fly. This is how this is how you can do it because you have like 30 years of using from 1990s. It's ridiculous. Uh, also, I would move away from ATX 12V and also okay. from main power. So, I mean, clearly we have, you know, we have ATX uh, 12VO now. There's ATX 12VO. No matter what you think of ATX 12VO, the thing that's nice, though, is that connector. The main power connectors are really tiny. You get rid of the power that you're not really using. You can shrink the boards down. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I would, I would do that. easier to plug in. Yeah, and the, yeah. The, for, for many ITX people... If you ever look at, you know, uh, ATX12VO, it's a huge, huge, you know, sp- such, a, such a huge savings in space to go from this gigantic, you know, two and a half inch by half inch main power connector down to something that's about, a you know, pin. three quarters yeah. of, it's like 10 pin. It's really, it's, it's you're minuscule. So you save all that space, you save on PCB, memory's going to go on back. Uh, we probably, f- I don't know whether you'd, you'd probably have to flip it on its side which is going to be a problem, or an angle it. But again, more space on back to run more wires in back. Uh, what else would I do? You know, maybe, move, you know, get a, lot, a lot of this is, has been done with BTX, but uh, we move the um, south bridge closer to the back of the I.O. ports because it just made sense. And also, the I.O. The IO shields on modern cases are kind of ridiculous now. I mean, they've, they've, I mean you have 10 USB ports. You have, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You have two gigabit, two gigabit or two ten gig. You've got your ten USB. You have tw- twelve three point five inch 12, uh, audio options that no one understands. Yeah, no one understands. Green. Where's the green and the pink one? Yeah. <laughs> Wi Fi adapter. All right. Right. Wi Fi adapter, and you know, Bios there's just like back. it feels like the I/O adapter can be shrunken down. We can do something to the I/O adapter, I/O shield. Just because it's just a, a huge waste of space, too, right? Sorry, just burped there in the, in the mic. It's a lot of space you can put RGB, though. That's true. You could so put a screen power, there. Maybe, you know, I'm. <laughs> yeah, what would you do? Like, so I would, yeah, so those are off the cuff. And, like, you know, I think smaller makes more sense. So, you know, the yeah. problem is nothing here is cheaper. I don't nothing know. It's cheaper, and nothing here is cost effective. Some so, aspects of it makes sense where if you're if you're able to wave a wand and make every, everything into a smaller uh form factor including the like you're saying moving to 12VO from 12V not O. Uh then yeah, there's some there's probably some cost savings at scale if everyone's doing it all at once right. and 
PCB size and things like that. But a lot of it gets passed on, I guess, where it's okay if it's not the power supply doing doing voltage, uh, mm -hmm. you know, regulation for yeah. end conversion for like five volt and whatever. Uh, it's going to be the, the motherboard. motherboard guys. Yeah, motherboard makers <laughs> always get left. You ever heard my line on this, Steve? No, is that like, why you were motherboard, <laughs> motherboard people always get left holding the bag. Okay. Every time. Now, I'm going to say this is, this is my old-timer experience. So, like, you're going all the way back. So, like, okay, NVIDIA's like, so NVIDIA introduced SLI. A A ATI said, well, that's the dumbest thing ever. And, of course, that means it was an immediate hit. <laughs> Everybody had to have not SLI. Cross they had to have tri-SLI and quad-SLI. Oh, okay. Like, really? Okay. I remember ATI people were like, really? Really? Are you people that dumb? And, of course, they lost. And that's, they're like, okay, well. Uh, we're going to have our own thing. It's called uh, Crossfire. All right. And it's going to look like basically somebody took your vacuum cleaner adap ad adapter cord and like like duct taped two of them together. It was the ugliest, worst thing ever. You should look it up. It was the it was the ATI Crossfire adapter. It was just like it was like the most most closed together thing you could ever. And I'm sorry because it was like they were playing catch up because like people stupidly, in their opinion, went for multi GPU market. Sure. And the reason this comes back to my why do motherboard companies get left holding the bag? It's like, okay, so ATI and NVIDIA are like, okay, uh, clearly enthusiasts, they want multi-GPU, folks. They want multi-GPU. Why? Because we told them they want it. So now they want to buy it. Well, who's going to supply these, uh, the SLI and the Crossfire adapters? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, I think you should do it because you're selling the video card. Right? Shouldn't you do it? No. Let's make the motherboard maker sell it. Like, what? Could you imagine, like, being like the motherboard maker? Like, why, why do we have to do it? We have to give you the adapter for the front panel adapter. We have to give you the adapter for... We have to give you the SATA cables. Auto. The, 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 we have to give you the SATA cable. The wireless The parallel antenna. cable. The, the, yeah. the wireless. We got to give you the stickers. We got And then now we have to give you SLI and the crossfire cables. And that's like 5% of people are going to use this. Why do we have to do that? But, you know, like, no, you're doing it. And they do it, right? Well, they I mean, how do, you, how do you argue with – it goes back to the GPU and CPU manufacturers are the rulers of the whole industry. You know, like, if NVIDIA and AMD decide, no, screw you, you guys supply the cables, then I don't know. What, is, what does MSI say to that? I, but, you <laughs> okay. know, can you imagine, like, every meeting, though? Every meeting. You know every meeting. We're going back to, like, 19 <clears> – <throat> We're going back to 1999. You're sitting in Taipei. Everybody's sitting there. They're having a lunch. They're sitting there. They're eating like, huh? Wait, what? Who? And like, why are we doing it? Right? They're like, yeah, you do it. Somebody chokes I'm just on the saying, noodle. Like, every, oh, hold on. Every motherboard maker is just like, why do we always get left holding the bag? Every single thing. <laughs> yeah, the motherboard makers get. Uh, I mean, even I don't. I think it's still true to this day. I, I haven't opened a motherboard box in, in a couple months I guess but <laughs> earlier this year for sure there were still two SATA cables in there you know, right like, oh at least uh, oh at least yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah so they they end up, but I think the answer to why do they get stuck holding the bag is probably it does just come down to they have no power to tell <laughs> NVIDIA AMD or Intel no I, I, I guess because Maybe right. collectively they have some bargaining power, but that also they're all competing with each other too. So, I guess how much? Yeah, I just wanted to know I'm, if it's like good. Go uh, I was going to make a recommendation for if we're changing ATX. I think one of the things that that has 
can cause problems is sag gpu or yeah. if you're oh, using a large tower a why not lay down or yeah. or i mean that's one of the reasons why i like my sandwich style is like because the gpu is is vertical Standard. i know I, yeah, yeah i mean yeah. I, I know some people you know you, you can put a riser on a normal atx system as well but i mean you know a large tower cooler like that that introduces sag like why not, why not why no, that's true down? designing around the modern heavy gpu however that design looks but but that does make sense to be uh, maybe a like a focal point if you're writing a new spec today is, okay, if we're assuming this, this three-slot card thing is going to stick around, right? How, how do we design around that? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe, but maybe, so you could have your, we're going to lay it flat, um, and then there'd be, part of the spec would actually be then mechanical, mm-hmm. you know, to support the card, right, for the SAG, but. Could you also, do you think it's going too far to say, I always want graphics card in top slot? Oh. That's probably too far, I think. I don't know. I wouldn't design it yeah. that way because, but then well, what about, should M.2, should Gen 5 always go in top slot? Mm. Or is that like going too, too is, that, is that too much, would that cause people to rebel? And then <laughs> next thing you know, they're pulling me out of my palace. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought you were all happy. We we got the memory on back. We got the ATX 12 VO2 connector. Let Your the cases cake, are smaller. <laughs> why are you why why is there a why is there a coup against me now? Well, who let so, all the console people out? It's on, it's, it's because you 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 required PCI Gen 5 SSDs to be in the top slot. I know. The GPU I, in the top I, slot. That was too far. That was the I, end actually. Of it. I I don't I don't think anyone would get angry about the GPU in the top slot. Like, I don't, I don't know. I can't I avoid think of the word any cases. Anyone. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sure there's, there are people, but like, I, man, I don't know if I've ever seen a situation contemporarily that somebody didn't put it in the top slot. Yeah. You, I mean, that's uh, tends to be like, un- unless, unless uh, it's a new builder who just like has no idea and was like, eh, I'll just put them in any of them. Like, right. I, yeah, I, I would say the new builder making that mistake is much larger than you expect. I would say yeah. one out of five, one out of 10. Well, but if, if you 20. had to, like if you tried to put it in the other slot and it just literally didn't work and you're like, well, crap, you know, okay, well, what I if we just soldered everything slot? together and we didn't allow any choice? Uh, and then whatever's soldered to it is what they have to buy. And then you keep iterating on it yearly and increase right. the number. Yeah. yeah. And then you have charts that are very like, uh, looks like it's better. Yeah. I, I like this. I'm pretty sure that would, that would you definitely, come out the, you would be, you come you out would the black be sitting version. at home watching cable news and you would see me being pulled out of the palace. <laughs> and like, whoa. <laughs> he had gold, your, besides having gold, gold-plated toilets, he actually had gold-plated PCs built. Of course, because that's what <laughs> dictators do. Gold-plated PCs. And then I would have the gold-plated spec, all that, because that's that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have I think we go the spec chiseled into a gold, into a right. gold slate. But that, of course, you would see me being pulled out by the crowds, you know, like like you have seen in the, all the over the last twenty years. All right, of, we, we, we we don't want that with Gordon. We don't want that with Gordon. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can go that far, but I I just you know, but the funny thing is, like, literally, go look up the ATX spec, and there's nothing in there. It basically says. It is actually here. short. Yeah. Keep out of here. Do this here. We recommend this. If you don't want to do it, we do we don't give a damn. If you want to mm. like so for people who know the audio circuits are always lower left hand of your motherboard, lower left quadrant because right. 
they basically said isolate all the power, isolate all everything going to audio to this area, then the audio will be cleaner. Motherboard makers have done their own, of course, iterations on this, but but they put Again, it in the same area, though. Yeah. But the same area, but really the spec is really wide open. But when you talk to board makers and you talk to power supply and you talk to case makers, they all say their hands are tied. And I think their hands are tied because for me to do this properly, it needs engineering resources. So, mm -hmm. And it's already been done 30 years ago, and I'm not going to do it again. So, Right. Yeah, it all comes down to inertia, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Kind of, yeah. To me, well, the thing that kind of kills me because, again, yeah, I, I, I abhor soldered down components, and I do recognize there are times when you do it. You know, cash was soldered to motherboards at one point because mm. you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to populate a chip. It wouldn't, you wouldn't hold up to the speed. So they literally were soldering chips, uh, soldering cash onto motherboards for the CPU. And then at a certain point, I'm going off my ancient history here. Somebody can, somebody, the walking Wikipedia person can correct me if they see it. But from what I understand, Intel basically said, uh, you know, you guys are screwing this up. You know, look, we're letting you build the boards. We're saying use these cash, use these, use, you know, use these. Here's our parts list. Here's where you solder it. Here's how you do it. You're not following directions and you're screwing it all up. So. Mm. And then a lot of ways they started doing their own stuff, doing their own chipsets because a lot of vendors were screwing up the chipsets. And then, and of course, the Panium Two, they actually put the, the the actual chip, the cache chips inside the CPU package itself, which looked like a big cartridge. But you know, a lot of that is really they gave them freedom, they gave them freedom, and then they they screwed up the freedom. So, so I think there might be like, could we see like a future motherboard where you have integrated. Intel graphics integrated ATI graphics, AMD graphics, but with more cache soldered onto the board. I, <laughs> would I accept that? Okay, if I can shut it off and put in a regular CPU, maybe? Or is that going to be like, mm, uh, <laughs> nah, I think But like if you can add an extra, you know, four gigs of high-speed cache, is that worth is that gonna? It's like, see, this is the test of Steve and Adam. Is this gonna? <laughs> is this gonna break you? Because it's like, eh. I mean, that is I look. A lot at, of I can cash. see that look. <laughs> well, but but then you're know, also I'm, once again asking the motherboard manufacturer to do more. Yeah, yeah. now you're anyway. giving them the bag. Now it's you, Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, it, it might not work. People might not use it, but anyway. <laughs> We need yeah. you to put this on the board. Yeah, you need to put yeah. more cash here. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's high speed cash. Hundreds of dollars. Uh, yeah, they're going, huh? Wait, I'm just out. eating. Wait, I thought we just came to meet about this. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the, the question I have are we seeing some inertia, though? Obviously, at, at Computex, we, you know, like there's, there's more, more people soldering the, the connectors on the back, mm -hmm. right? And like yeah. being like, hey, you know what? what whether, it's, whether it's for performance or aesthetics, you know. Like, hey, cool. There's no wires, you know, uh, or or no visible hidden, wires. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, well, whatever. Yeah. Hidden, hidden wires. Like, uh, you know, there maybe there are some performance improvements because of airflow. You know, I, I don't yeah. Know, but, I, but I, but I mean, we are right. seeing more than usual, or I mean, more than than usual. Like that, that's kind of Gordon. Would you say this is like the biggest movement on ATX that we've seen? Yeah, and it's the most minor. I mean, it's the most minor thing ever in the entire world. <laughs> it's like the most like that's like the like really, I mean it's cool. I I totally wholeheartedly support 
MSI, Gigabyte, and ASUS, and anybody else doing these reverse connectors, if they're going to follow a spec eventually, I think I, f I fully support it. It is definitely the minimum amount of effort you could put into changing something after 30 years. And even getting here, it's just been like, oh my god. And even no, then, there's like, still a lot of people who are like, this is stupid. Well, Corsair had that thing where, I forget the name of the power supply, but where it's got the uh, oh. flipped plate, you know, so the cables connect on the, uh, the uh, opposing side. Crap. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forget the name of the, uh, let's see, Corsair yeah. power supply With connectors. cables on the side. Oh, right, right. The <laughs> side. side yeah, yeah, yeah. Shift. Shift, shift power shift. supply. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah. So, shift your expectations. Right. So, I mean, that that works well, I feel like, with the concept of moving cables to the back or connectors to the back because it allows you – the whole thing can be shortened up then, um, which well, – uh, yeah. And, I mean, I, I have in the past couple months, <laughs> I mean, between re reviewing CPUs and whatnot, I, I have built a number of PCs very hastily, and I'm like, okay, here's the part where I got to figure out which cables I want. I shove them through the holes that I think they're going to go in, turn it around, try to plug them in. Oh, crap, mm -hmm. it's the wrong hole. Okay, let's reroute it. You know, like if everything was literally on the back like that. Yeah, kill from, management's easy. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, okay, well, right into the power supply, right into the motherboard. Boom. Right. Like, you know. <laughs> That would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> hey, Steve, have you, what's the reception been to the Corsair Chef? Because, again, that's a really, you know, that's a pretty easy concept to get across. And uh, I'm wondering if it's selling enough where it's going to sustain itself past a Model 1 or... I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard a lot about it since it launched. So, like, I know when it launched, I did, I did pay attention to some of the other media coverage of it. And um, I know Jay did a video. Uh, there were a couple other ones too, but I remember reading specifically reading the comments on Jay's video, and there were a lot of really positive, like "Oh, this is a great idea. It's very accessible" um, type of comments. So it seemed like there was, and I'm sure your own viewers can tell us in the comments, but it, it did seem like people generally thought it made sense, and it, I guess it does because. It is easier to access. You just have to make sure you have that panel clearance, right? Because now you've got right. a, a, the extra bulk at the back of the right. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that's the, that's the thing that people are like, "Ooh, crap! Okay, I like this, but it's not going to work with my case." Right? <laughs> or you, yeah, or you pinch it too much, and you know, it it might cause other. Problems. It's okay to bend cables, like especially, especially yeah. twelve volt high power. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> don't, don't do that. All right. Well, okay. Yeah. So worst case scenario, Gordon, say say you know like. 20 years later we're we're looking at the ATX spec and we're and we're we're still stuck with the ATX spec and we're just like oh my god like are are we just are we just could we just be stuck with it for for the rest of time yeah <laughs> i is, mean look at it? look at the wheel we still have that yeah i mean the wheel has been around for how many maybe thousands of years and i'm sure there was someone just like gordon in ancient Rome, saying it's time we get rid of this wheel. It's been around <laughs> for decades, and uh, frankly, there's a better way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if the I, wheel were sideways, the airflow yeah, would be if, better. If you look at if you look at the wheel spec, right. it's not really holding you back. All it says it has to be round. It's got to be round. That's all we're asking. <laughs> Uh, by the way, uh, motherboard makers, you're bundling it. Oh, why ask again? <laughs> 
I mean, but yeah, is is it that bad if we just stick with what we have? I mean, you know, compatibility. I think that's the, that's the thing people people always say. Like, hey, you know what? I, I have yeah. my twelve year old power supply that I just want to use again. Yeah, uh, no, or, I you get know, it. I have this case, you know, this early uh, this earlier case that they don't make anymore, and yeah. I want to keep using it. Well, I, so I guess what I'm saying is, um, yes, I, the real argument is good because if it's so. You know, there has been a lot of innovation to ATX. I don't know if it's that good of an argument. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of unfair. But you don't really have to change <laughs> it's it. It's a logical fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but go on, yes. Continue telling people how great my argument was. <laughs> I do think, because, again, I think, you know, it's, and I admitted this in the beginning, because unless you can have an overwhelming improvement that you can sell to consumers, it's going to go nowhere. Mm. Uh so it's entirely possible we're stuck with it forever. But but the reason why I've been trying to I've been pushing for this for a long, long time just to be open minded is because I because I've noticed over the years and we've all done this anytime you meet with vendors, it's always my hands are tied. I can't do anything. And I think what we're seeing now is maybe your hands aren't tied as much as you thought they were because you've got side mount power supplies, you've got reverse boards, and I kind of feel like we're at that point where people might accept some change to make it better because it doesn't have to wholesale because what I'm not saying is let's move to and I realize because since we're doing this as a dictator thing so if we go to ATX to GTX we're going to go full on GTX right Oh wait, can I do that? Because they no, have you need a oh, different it, Somebody has I, a, I, I was going to make a joke earlier. Like we need to make a spec, the Gordon spec. Yeah. They're not GTX. using it anymore. They're not using GTX. Uh, you're, you're right. They're not. They haven't made a GTX. It, so we I let, thought that's how it worked lapse. with patents. If they're not using yeah. it, so I mean, so you come up. I guess what I'm saying is the new spec would replace the older one. So we, and what we, I think the lesson, and I'm here's my last. Sorry, this is this is dragging on. People want to punch me in the face now. BTX. At the time, Intel had BTX, which was their, at the time the company was pushing um, big ideas and small ideas. The small okay. ideas were the industry is going to um, come at us with pitchforks and torches if we try to change too much. If we get too revolutionary, we'll like BTX. So we're going to have basically, for everything, we're going to have a uh, base standard. Like So basically everything based on what there is, and then we're going to have our shoot for the moon kind of stuff. Mm. So they went both ways. And of course, shoot for the moon went nowhere. But what I sort of see this is, is um, we improve it enough that it would last us for the next 20 to 30 years. Right. Because, I mean, can we, the question is, can ATX really sustain us for the next 30 years? I mean, it's entirely possible because, you know, there's smart people in this industry and you give them the fix. You give them the fixed ingredients. They're going to still make something amazing. So, yeah. But I'm wondering if it's. But again, you're going up against Qualcomm. You're going against Apple. You're going against Nvidia with ARM. If they can solder everything down and they can have high-speed interfaces that make us look like we're going backwards, then mm. where does that leave us? You know, yeah, to me you, it's, you it's, it's a, a little dangerous scenario where you need uh, Intel's help again or AMD's help to to reinvent the spec, but. Um, I do think with the uh, so the thing that's sticking out in my mind through the whole conversation is specifically dual chamber cases and how popular they've gotten the last probably four years, I guess, where there's so much more that can be done with those. Because right now, you know, okay, shove the power supply back there. And, and when I say dual chamber, I'm talking about like 011 type stuff. So yeah. 
you know, you get the power supply back there, you've got a bunch of hard drive cages, but those aren't really being utilized by most people, I don't think. And so there's kind of this, we have all of this space we can do cool things with. We don't have any ideas other than let's, let's throw four hard drive cages back here and maybe we'll make them hot swap as a nice feature. But, but there's a lot more that can be done with that space. It's just that uh, it would have to come from someone other than the case manufacturer because there needs to be a component to use the space. So, so yeah, maybe there's something well, you can do there. But I, I feel like the minute we get an O11D type of one with the reverse connectors... Because I mean, those are showcase builds. Like they're, right. they're they're those cases you buy those because you want to show off your parts and like having the cables routing around. There's, I mean, you can kind of make it look cool, but like imagine if you didn't have to. Right. Uh, right. Like, <laughs> I think that's you know that could be an inflection point. I'd, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking of, um, and I can't think of it. I was just trying to find it. You know, remember Thermal Take? Uh, yes, I they, remember Thermal Take. Well, I mean, but they Thermal Take they still exist. <laughs> They're not gone. What I'm uh, saying is the good old thermal take days. <laughs> the good old thermal take. No, but there was a thermal take case where they had chambers. I can't remember the name. Oh, of it, it, was it was the level, the level, level eleven, ten or twenty. That's not the one that's inverted so that the the back connectors are at the top. Uh, well, everything was a chamberized. You're talking the the oh. one that was like, uh, it's the level ten. Look up level ten thermal level take. Level ten. So. So what you basically, I'm going to do for the audio listeners, they basically had a, a back plane that would be normally in your case. And then rather than having just the box that all the components go in, it had a chamber for GPU, uh, PSU, and as well mm. as CPU, right? And yeah. And they made a lower-end, cheaper version of that case. But the original one, everything was separated. A good memory on that. Yeah, I'm looking at the, uh, yeah, because there was a level 10 GT that's the mm-hmm. fancy one you're talking about. Then the GTS yeah. was the cheaper one. Right. Unfortunately, uh, it's out of stock on Newig. I can't get one. Yeah, no, it's a vintage. It's a vintage. It's a vintage collective collector case now, Adam. And the level twenty was um, uh, that case. That they told me that the tooling when we covered it. They told me the tooling for that case was over seven hundred thousand oh dollars. Just for the tool, just to make the case. <laughs> it's like the stamps and all that stuff. Yes. So that's exactly what they mean by their hands are tied. Because we made this box. <laughs> and we don't. We have, please help us. Please buy We're this case. We're not going to do it. Yeah. Please buy this case or. God. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. That's, I think well, people, they will never understand the, the investment and the, the time it takes to recoup that investment on a case that you're making 40 bucks on or. All right. Yeah, low margin. Yeah. C- CTX? Has there been a CTX? There I mean, was an AMD you know. actually had a DTX. There's CEB. There was. I think, a I think C- CTX is the, the next you know letter we can use, right? That's there's true. LTX. There's A, there's, there's, there's B. A, yeah. There is a DTX, yeah. though, isn't there? Yeah, there is a DTX. There is, there is a thin Should ITX. Should ETX? There is a WTX. There are many, many. Yeah, there's a lot. It's like the Gordon mm. WTF yeah. form. It's the. Gordon. G- GMUTX. There we that go. Might be. GMUTX. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce that. Or, oh, no, no, no. Here we go. GUTX, guts. Do you have the guts? There you uh, go. To, to, to implement the GUTX. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of wonder, like, whether, like, it's kind of funny because you mentioned that space for the power supply, Steve. And I was thinking, man, why don't you just jam the GPU in there and put a big ass fan in front of it? So you just have one big 
heat chamber. Yeah, I know that. I mean, that's kind of what the sandwich style ITX stuff is doing. Um, and it right. works. Like in ITX, yeah. it works because you, in a lot of cases, you're avoiding recirculation. Uh, you can get the GPU as close as you want to the to the exterior panel. So mm-hmm. it's got close you access. You're taking sag off of it because right. it's vertical. Vertical, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, that's... I mean, Wait, so did we figure it out? Is ITX just the, the best way? Everyone should just start building small for factory. We figured it out, Gordon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your favorite, ITX. <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And honestly, there's a lot ATX could learn from ITX. Right? A lot of the innovation is happening on ITX. Uh, let's uh, be honest, because a box is a box, but ITX is... Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of, of innovations happening. A lot of you, challenges, yeah. Yeah, because you IT? got the engineering challenges because it's an inferior form factor because it's smaller <laughs> than a big ass box. It's a pretty. I didn't, imple- I didn't hear you. you're cutting out. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty simple concept. Pretty simple I, concept. Real quick question. I, maybe you would know this. Was ITX supposed to be a replacement for for ATX, no. or was it more like an addition? You know, ITX. Uh, what is? Yeah, it was a longer story. It was a uh, shuttle form factor, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot about shuttle. So originally it was shuttle that claimed they mm. they, oh, yeah, they made it up. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think. ITX, when the hell did mini ITX come around? That was part of it too, right? But it was, but it was originally shuttle form factor. And then somebody came up with a small form factor. And then I would say ITX is a, is an offshoot of... Uh, 2001, you know, developed by Via originally. Oh, originally, right, yeah. For mini ITX. Yeah. Wow, Via. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, I know. They're still around, too. Yeah. Of. Oh, no, of. I think I heard they got sold finally. I think... Because yeah. they, they, they lost their IT... Their, I don't know if they still have their x86 license or not, but... Hmm. But, yeah, uh, like, well, I really think ITX could learn a lot from... I mean, ATX could learn a lot from ITX, right? Why not adopt some of the... Formalize well, it. Right. One other thing I'd like to point out, uh, Optimum Tech on YouTube did an interesting video uh, maybe a month or two ago where he actually, um, he, he, he did like, uh, like a, a 3D printed cutouts and oh, directed airflow okay. specifically from front to back mm-hmm. of and separated the airflow of the air tower cooler and the GPU. So kind of chamberized everything. Yeah, yeah. And like he, he ran into some problems, but once he got it figured out he was like oh wow like why aren't people doing this <laughs> like i mean obviously then i mean yeah you, you cut down on variables uh but yeah you know. no but it but there is yeah it, it makes sense because there's um there's a crappier execution of that by large oems where i don't know if they still do this but dell used to put that uh, gordon you probably remember the big green cone of shame they would put on the inside of the side panel and it it was just this funnel cone that terminated on top of the cpu cooler downdraft cooler mm-hmm. and so that's like it's a much worse version of the idea but it would mm-hmm. allow them to get you know direct okay we know the cpu is getting all of this air and it's not fighting other components for it the other components they'll they'll kind of suffer on their own <laughs> you know but we know the cpu is solved for it sounds like what what, I saw the thumbnail for that video. I haven't watched it yet, mm. but from what I saw on that, it looked like it better solves for, okay, we're going to make sure everything gets some air, not just, you know, the CPU. But, yeah. 
Just being like, ah, you know, you got intake and it'll figure it out. Inside. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the time the MOSFET blows up, they're out yeah. of the warranty anyway. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely it, you could argue CPU could use the cooling. And it's not even the CPU, but it's all the power for yeah. these days. That's uh, Yeah, it does feel like you want to cool your GPU first. But it's so weird that all the GPU manufacturers have decided no one's ever going to chamberize it. So they basically... Are, the GPUs themselves are literally chambers. Right. Because they're so yeah. big. Yeah. You know, they're sucking <laughs> they all create their own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll keep working on this. We'll keep workshopping the, the GUTX spec. <laughs> if you want to get Gux. in, Gux. large manufacturers, ring us up. Let us know, you know. Licensing you have the is guts? available today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Do, you have the, do you have the guts to get in on GUTX? Oh, I, li- oh, I, I see what you mean. See, eh, that's eh. pretty aggressive. I like yeah. it. Yeah, uh, check back next week for your fix of uh, PC talk on the full nerd. Uh, to listen to us on the go, uh, tune in to one of your uh, one of the places that can take an RSS feed, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube Music, Pocket Casts, uh, any of those. And if you do uh, use one of those services, please leave us a review. Every time you do, Gordon comes up with a new motherboard spec. Uh, <laughs> or, or offload an, another cost to the motherboard manufacturer. Right, we'll uh, give them another yeah. bag to hold. <laughs> there, there, there we hey, go. Can you hold this for a second? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know uh, what I wish they would put in though? They need to put in postcode indicators. And oh, see, like a little cheat sheet. Could, a little cheat sheet. Just do that. Yeah. Just print that. it. Just one more on. item. What's well, yeah. a nickel? Yeah. yeah. Well, luckily, I, I think a lot of them have stopped putting discs in. I feel like, or at least on the high-end ones, oh, I, I don't see discs anymore. But I, mean, I would like any, that, though. Why not uh, take out some yeah. of the other useless stuff? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, actually, or you can get a mod mat that has a little cheat sheet <laughs> for the front panel connectors at gamersnexus.net. Store dot. Store dot gamers. God. Right. All right. Oh, let's take the whole I thing over my, <laughs> In fact, I just got my 15th anniversary shirt. Oh, did you? Got it awesome. in the mail. I just got it in the mail. By the way, where can oh, I buy nice. one of those? If I wanted somebody to buy one of those, Steve, where can they buy one of those? Well, they were on store.gamersnexus.net. Oh. Yeah. Those are, not, those not are out those of stock ones. now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Although we do, when this video goes up, we do have a new uh, uh, glass. It's not out like right now this instant, but it will be. Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah. we've, we have the actual full written website is being relaunched, and uh, it's been completely redone, and actually... I think a friend of yours as well, Wendell, uh, is the one who rebuilt it. So he re-architected I've heard of this it. Gentleman. You have heard of him, yes. They speak Wait. of him in whispers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Wendell. For, for, yeah. For Don't say four. his name three times, and he'll appear. He'll appear in a do. server yeah. rack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll teleport through server rack. <laughs> yeah, he rebuilt the website. So that's what I launched in 2008. We made a hard switch to YouTube when I just didn't have enough time to do both of them. And um, I've always wanted to go back for written content, and now we're doing it. So we're converting all the scripts into articles and getting it back. That's awesome. Yeah. No yeah, ads. There's no ads. Definitely, on the site. definitely go check it out. Yeah, maybe we need to buy some ads on there. Nope. Uh, you know, put the full nerd right on. I will. The- I will give you that <laughs> one for free. <laughs> In fact, that'll be the banner for. That'll be the whole top of the site. Just oh, man. it'll just wow. be your Dang. face right in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 GUTX. We we have That's to right. promote GUTX. Uh, any anyway, anyway, we need to wrap up the show. Thank you, Steve, for coming and hanging out. Can't wait to check out the the uh, the the awesome stuff that you have coming up. 
and thank you, Gordon, for hanging out as well. Uh, always good to to chat. Um, you know, c- continue to to do what you need to do uh, for for your health, and, and and come back and and keep joining us. So I I love having you. So <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good times. No, I'm um, glad I got off my chest now. Finally, after all these yeah. years. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I know nobody nobody had ever heard about it until now. So, uh, (laughs) anyway, thanks everybody. We will catch you in the next one. Bye.